You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. Let's get to BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. LeBron James defending Kawhi Leonard who catches and drives. Clippers down two. Fall away baseline. Short. Great defense, James. It's the rebound. Ahead to Reddish with the exclamation point. What a comeback win by the Los Angeles Lakers. And it wasn't just LeBron on the offensive end. Made a great play defensively on Kawhi Leonard to knock it out of bounds. He's played well here with Toronto, though. Ooh, that pass. It is a sweet pass, and it's a big hit from the corner. Luka, a triple-double on his 25th birthday. A 30-point triple-double, no less. And before that, the Lakers with a huge comeback from down 21 in the fourth quarter. LeBron James, 19 in that fourth quarter to beat the Clippers on the road, he said with air quotes, uh, at Crypto. (laughs) And I, I have a warning about those Lakers. We'll get into that. Uh, and Luca, the Mavs, baby, eight out of 11. We could talk about that as well. Plenty of hoops throughout the day, both college and NBA. Plenty of combine as well. We'll take a look at both AL and NL MVP markets. And we will power rank today some of the worst or best. I don't know which adjective to use, but some of the biggest workout warriors from over the years at the scouting combine who maybe didn't quite live up to expectations once they got to the league. Welcome in to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Chris Mack alongside Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth back in the fold today as well. Ben Brown going to join us from Sumer Sports and Pinnacle next hour, about an hour and 20 minutes from now, to talk about the combine and the NFL offseason in totality. I mentioned the association, Harrison Sanford of Stadium and MSG, as well as Inside the Green Room. New episode today with three-time NBA champ Danny Green going to join us in the third hour. But, yeah, NFL offseason, always seemingly the lead story this time of year. So before we get into LeBron and the Lakers' big comeback and Luka's triple-double on his birthday, let's talk about the big move in the markets, my friends. Justin Fields now down to minus 425 to be the Falcons' next quarterback. The Steelers have moved back into plus money, moved all the way behind the Bears now, in fact, if you look at that market in particular. And with Ryan Poles talking the other day about how they've got to come to a decision soon, we know free agency 
is less, I think, less than two weeks away now or about two weeks away. They've got to make a move by then. We've said it for weeks now, Joe. The writing is on the wall. Caleb Williams is the guy for the Bears at first overall. The question now is where where does Justin Fields go and what do the Bears get for him? But this would lead some people to believe with everyone together in Indy for the Combine that some information is floating around that maybe the Falcons are willing to do whatever it takes to make Justin Fields their guy. There are a number of reasons that this happened yesterday. Uh, There was a big move. And there's a difference between saying that the Falcons are the favorite to land Justin Fields than what you just said, minus 425 favorite. The Falcons have been the favorite for a number of weeks. But now, in one day, I know yesterday, early on, it was out there, it was minus 200, minus 250. Now it's minus 425. Well, there's a lot that happened. One thing, Caleb Williams goes on ESPN and he talks about how he wants, he'd love to play for the Bears. Talked about a different stuff he likes about Chicago that people outside Chicago typically say, you know, all that pizza, you know, garbage, whatever. It doesn't mean anything, right? And, and you know, my typical reaction to stuff like that, it's news if he says the opposite. It's news if he says, I don't want to go to Chicago. So people here are going, over the top about it, overreacting to that. That's what he's supposed to say. I'm sure his team said that. His dad said that he should say that. Is it reality? I don't know. But it it means something because people were running with that dumb rumor, which I told you that morning was idiotic. Oh, he doesn't want to play for the Bears. Like that, that, that he was going to play that card. No, he's not playing that card. That's why yesterday was relevant with what Caleb Williams had to say. You mentioned what Poles had to say. And then... The perception is there was a a video released by Fields' manager of him in his kitchen, shirtless, jumping around, reacting to what Paul said, that if we move Fields, we're going to have to do it before we get to free agency. And so meaning it's close, and why would he be celebrating? Oh, well, maybe going to his hometown team in Atlanta, Aaron, and that's why they're minus 425 favorites. So there was a lot that went into that move yesterday, and uh, it's been the obvious move all along. And if I'm a Falcons fan, like of all the possible paths, yeah, give me fields on that turf. The upgrade from Ritter to fields, you know, I'm not the biggest fields guy. He's been disappointing so far, but that would be a significant one. I agree. I think it's a great fit, especially that he is from that area. And I love the move. I mean, this is why I love the NFL. Even here on February 29th, NFL is the lead. We've got managers leaking celebration videos and everyone's trying to read the tea leaves. Give me more of that. I think it I actually didn't know about the Caleb Williams thing. Is it true? Is it not true? But of course, he's going to have to say the right things now, right? That he wants to go to Chicago. And um, that would be weird if there was some kind of shakeup there and he didn't end up going to Chicago. But last year, even with the rumors that Lamar could end up in Atlanta, I thought that was a great pick. And I love the Justin Fields to Atlanta Uh, If that happens, it seems like he certainly wants it to happen if you believe that's what that video was about. Or maybe he's just excited that his birthday is March 5th and he's just celebrating a little early. Sure, that's what it is. Yes, it's just an early birthday. birthday They they jump up and down in their kitchen (laughs) to make sure somebody videos it. Uh, Chris, I was a little unplugged, but I know know you reacted to this. I, I thought that Fields unfollowed the Bears on all the social media platforms because he didn't want oh. anything, but no football stuff. He wanted to step away. He wanted to stop right. seeing it. I can't take mm-hmm. it. 
I thought that's what. Oh, um, yeah, I mean, he wanted to see more thirst traps and fewer and fewer NFL headlines, sure, but um, he also didn't want to follow the Bears anymore. I mean, it, it, it all folds in together. I'm happy if this is the way it goes, okay, and it makes a ton of sense. Um, for I'm happy for Bear, the Bears and their fans. You're going to get your guy number one overall. You're going to get to extend the quarterback clock, as it were. I'm happy for Justin Fields. I think Atlanta is a great landing spot for him. What I'm not happy for, sorry, selfishly, give me like 90 seconds here, my stupid Pittsburgh Steelers who were in line to make this move. But, you know, there's a reason, guys. For just a split second, let me get serious. There's a reason the players in that locker room rated gave ownership an F last year on those uh, report cards that came out yesterday. It's because ownership of the Pittsburgh Steelers has grown out of touch with the players and the fans and the game itself. You didn't notice that Mike Tomlin got the A. Mike Tomlin might be holding things together in that room. And ownership got the F because Art Rooney II is not even close to holding a candle in the direction of the shadow of his father's reputation, Dan Rooney, who was the once ambassador to Ireland, of course, and, you know, chairman of the Steelers, helped build the dynasties of the 70s and then a couple of more Super Bowl teams. Uh, 30 years after that. He's not in touch with what's going on. He didn't renovate the locker room like he said he was going to do. You know, he got new folding chairs uh, like they did in Kansas City. That's a Clark Hunt move. That's an Art Rooney the second move. That's a, you know what, I'll save a few bucks here and there. We're a family-owned business kind of move. And what's going to happen is Justin Fields is going to get traded to the Falcons. Sorry, I'm near the end of my rant. Just let me get this off my chest. Justin Fields is going to get traded to the Falcons. Kirk Cousins is not going to sign in Pittsburgh because, God forbid, the Steelers spend big money on a quarterback not named Ben Roethlisberger. And they'll end up running it back with Kenny and Mason. And Kenny will be the starter. And Mason will have to swoop in. And who knows how well he'll do again. But that's what the Pittsburgh Steelers under Art Rooney II do. They just kind of try to skate by on past precedent and reputation. So good for Justin Fields. He wouldn't have done very well, I don't think, with Arthur Smith here in Pittsburgh. Anyway, if he ends up in Atlanta, good for him. It's a good restart to his career. And now that's off my chest. And we can talk about the Lakers. And something else I'd like to warn you about. <laughs> don't let last night fool you. Don't let last night fool you. A huge fourth quarter from LeBron. Huge fourth quarter for the Lakers. They beat the Clippers. That's wonderful. Don't let this fool you into believing that it's going to happen more often. It's one night, and this is not a sign, I don't think, of any great trend towards some sort of wonderful postseason run this spring, Aaron. Oh. Uh, oh, muted, muted, muted. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I thought... I was uh, unmuted. I apologize. Yeah, LeBron puts the team on his back. That's that's cute. He did it like a month ago when they played Golden State and the team went into overtime. He decided to get up for that one too. I would not be buying into the Lakers in this heroic performance from LeBron. We all know he's capable of it from time to time, but I don't think that means anything in terms of betting any futures on the Lakers for me, Joe. Yeah, my reaction to last night was not about the Lakers at all. I was chuckling about the Clippers. So I obviously agree with what both of you had to say because it wasn't even on my mind that now it's a time to back the Lakers. Oh, this is when they're going to make their move kind of a thing. No, no. Um, 
we when we talked about this game, we're like, yeah, yeah, but we knew what was going to happen. I think results wise, but we're like, I don't want to bet the Lakers. I don't want. I don't want to bet the Clippers. I don't want to bet the Lakers. I don't want to bet this game. Uh, yeah, it was awesome. Twenty-one point comeback. You're gonna you're gonna allow only sixteen points in the fourth quarter moving forward. Is that how you're gonna win? Like, no, that's that's not. <laughs> it, it was more about the Clippers to me because that's it. Are are you buying in, or are you completely out as a show? It seems like we're out on the Clippers, and that was my reaction to last night. And uh, they have back to back losses for the first time in a long time. Yeah, so we're out on L.A. as a show, I think, whether it's Lakers <laughs> or Clippers. And a city. Maybe it's – yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> no, the, the no. city I actually I actually like, to be quite honest. The basketball teams? Uh, uh, maybe we should be in on the Mavs a little bit more. 8 of 11, Luka gets his 30-point triple-double on his 25th birthday. And we questioned the Nuggets yesterday, Joe. Aaron, just to recap, since you were off yesterday, we questioned the Nuggets. Oh, wow. Well, because the the Kings had won the first three matchups against the Nuggets this year, and we're thinking, ah, it's regular season. It's late February. What do the Nuggets care if they play a tight one against the Kings? Um, they care. <sighs> they cared a lot because after the Kings played a quality first quarter and had the lead, the Nuggets absolutely stomped them. Um, One seventeen ninety six is the final, but after the first quarter, it was nowhere near that close. Joe should have tr- trusted my gut. Not listen to you guys. See, that's what I get. Aaron, <laughs> I'm on an NBA heater. Blame shifter. Look at I'm the blame on, shifter. It's no, I'll blame me. It's on me for listening to you. <laughs> it's, I'm on this NBA heater. And then uh, my first thought was, man, the Nuggets have got to be so sick of losing to the Kings. And then we're looking at the number seven and a half, and these guys talked me into it. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Maybe it's a matchup. I'm like, these no. guys talked me into that, it. Uh, yeah, that was dumb by me. That, that was really stupid. Yeah, they were ready. <laughs> they were ready for them. No doubt about it. We have to talk about this game. How about they know you were putting that on TV, Kirch? Is that legal? <laughs> I don't know. Whoops. Eh, too it's late. Twitch. It's fine. Yeah. What happened? Um, I, I missed something. Uh, you were, double bird. Did someone swear? Yeah. <laughs> Paul was telling you oh. you were number one multiple oh, man. times. Twice. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> oh, you could do that. On tw- right? Okay. I didn't even notice it. Yeah, I was. I was it was subtle. It was very subtle. It was a real quick <laughs> like, double yeah. bird. Yeah. Wait, yeah. did again, I- see it? Dickert see it and yeah, then like, Dirk's camera two. Yeah, camera Dirk's, two. Yeah, like, let's go to it. Yeah. <laughs> see, this is the thing. Gurch is already on vacation yeah. brain. He was telling me before right. the show, he, he vacation next week, next Wednesday, I think it is. He's going to be out. He's telling me about all the awesome stuff they got planned. And he's like, nah, you know what? Paul's going to throw double birds. I'm going to throw it on the screen. All right. And I'm bringing Paul with me. Paul's got Gertrude, a permanent vacation. Gertrude also famously that? doesn't have a problem putting vulgar things on air. Yeah, this is true. I Usually mean, it's audio. Best starts of the show in the history of the show was... I think it all got dumped at the time. It was like two years I ago. Don't, I don't know. I miss that. I wish we could play it again. <laughs> there, there were some you, technical uh, issues. Shocking. There were technical issues to start, start the show, Chris. And uh, Gertz's microphone was on. He didn't know it was on. And he was uh, screaming up a storm. Yelling F-bombs. <laughs> Joe, Joe G's face, Chris, where you were sitting. Just like... <laughs> He yeah. was, he was <laughs> so he could not move, and I could not stop laughing. 
And, like, yeah, because yeah. the open had just started rolling, and we're just like, do we uh, act do serious? We do we pretend that never yeah. happened? Yeah. That's <laughs> been deleted. And this is like a month sure. into the show, by the way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Don't worry. We can't afford the server space to save that clip anymore anyway. It's gone Um, i love it (laughs) all right we're gonna talk both al and nl mvp markets today ben brown sumer sports and pinnacle gonna join us an hour and five minutes from now to dive back into the nfl offseason nl in the final hour but coming up next al mvp there's a couple of yankees on the board who's gonna win the al west and how does that affect the market as well who do we like at the top who do we like maybe a little more value on that's all coming up on betql daily is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Well, Shohei won't be a part of the conversation this segment because we'll do National League MVPs later in the show. But somebody's got to step up and be American League MVP this year. That in just a moment here on BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM live coast to coast on the BetQL network, wherever you may be in the world. We're in your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. It's free. Download it today and take us with you. And, of course, whatever you may have missed, get it as a podcast later. Wherever you get your podcasts, search BetQL Daily. Watch us on Twitch as well. You can get the Paul Aspen Double Birds if you don't. Uh, Twitch.tv slash BetQL or YouTube Odyssey Sports. Uh, ben Brown, get us back into football one hour from now. Also in the third and final hour, in addition to lightning bets in that NL MVP conversation. We'll talk NBA with Harrison Sanford of Stadium and MSG. But let's talk American League MVP market, guys, as we roll through 29 days to opening day in Major League Baseball. We'll count down every single day with uh, another market or two, whether it's uh, team futures or individual futures. Uh, AL MVP, where do we start? Because we've got a couple of Yankees right there at the top of the board. Aaron Judge, Juan Soto, short numbers there. Uh, and then when you start to look at the rest of it, Joe, I notice a theme here, right? I see Corey Seager, AL West. I see Jordan Alvarez, AL West. I see Julio Rodriguez, AL West. Kyle Tucker, AL West. Um, you got to get all the way down to Bobby Witt Jr., somewhere between 15 to 20 to 1 before you get someone not a Yankee or involved in the triple threat match at the top of the AL West. So... Is that the direction we should be looking, or should we be looking farther down the board? Um, what's your handicap early on on the AL MVP market? Well, big picture-wise, now that Otani leaves the league, I wonder if it's more wide open. If now this is going to be the league where you can find more value. Of course, last year, he's the Otani. He's, Otani is the uh, preseason favorite at around 2-1. to one. And he just ran away with it. We all know what happened there. Uh, year before, Judge goes bonkers with the 62 homers. And he runs away with it. Now, it was 21, 20 to 1 before the year started. But, you know, once he took off in April, nobody was catching him. And Otani won it a, a few years ago. So I, that's what I'm wondering. If now this is the side where you look for value, recently... The National League side is the one where you don't need the crazy numbers, where it's been more balanced, and you can find some ridiculously uh, good amount of value. Uh, Soto and Judge right there, basically. We can just call them co-favorites at the top. Um, What jumps out to me is we talked about Corey Seager yesterday as possible home run leader. If Seager is the home run leader, the Rangers are going to have a really good season, most likely, you know, with the depth of that lineup. 
he's probably going to be in the MVP conversation. But with all that said, at 12 to 1, that's not enough for me preseason. I I would need to see more. But if you're going to give me a 65 to 1 because it's got the injury right now in spring training, I, I, I'd be more willing to jump in on that. The other thing is, like, when you look at some of the projections, like Zips or whatever, and there are certain names that are popping that have a decent amount of value, like Adley Rushman, um, like Carlos Correa. But I'm going to put a line through those names because a lot of the reasons they are so high in the projections is because of what they do on defense. And the voters just don't care about that. It just feels like it's a tiebreaker. It is strictly about the offensive numbers. And so like, if you're going to go with an Oriole, I think you've got to look at Henderson as opposed to Rushman. But, uh, you know, those names are going to be uh, pretty popular. But, I, yeah, it, it's challenging because the top is so tough because right after Soto Judge, you've got Julio, uh, you've got Jordan Alvarez, you've got Seager. If I'm going with one of those names, uh, Aaron, I would go with Alvarez. I would bank on that and at 11 to 1 where, okay, let's see if we can get a full season out of Jordan Alvarez because when he's right, it's like, okay, he's getting you at least 40 home runs with the ceiling much higher than that. I love Jordan Alvarez. I thought you were going to go with Corey Seager, another guy where it's like, gosh, if he can stay healthy, you know, what is up with the health issues? That's what kind of held me back there. We were talking about World Series, and there's a team, the Mariners, who I said I'd love to bet on, and Jake was like, yeah, but all they got is Julio. And that made me think, you know what? Maybe I do need to look at Julio for MVP. He has a couple guys he's got to worry about ahead of him, but he's still so young. He's really good. He had a 30-30 season. It's 12-1, to like you said, Joe. Not a ton of value there, but I'd rather bet on Julio MVP than Mariners World Series. So that would be my pick, Julio, for MVP in the American League. I think we're all moving in similar directions. Um, my logic was this. First of all, if you're going to be a, a, an MVP, I think your team's got to at least win the division, right? You've got to be a division winner. I don't like the Yankees to win the East. I like the Orioles. But I don't know if Henderson is the guy. So I end up going back out West. I don't think it's Bobby Witt or whoever wins the Central because I don't trust anything in the Central, either Central Division, AL or NL. So I go back out West and I ask myself, who's going to win the AL West? And I don't think it's Texas. As much as I like Corey Seager and Joe mentioned it, we talked about him for home run leader yesterday. I do like him. I don't think they win the division. I've got questions about them getting back to the playoffs, actually. But that's a different conversation for a different day. Um, Julio Rodriguez is has got the most tickets, the biggest handle. He's the biggest liability for AL MVP at BetMGM right now. You've seen those numbers on the screen if you're watching on Twitch. Um, I don't know if I like Seattle to win the division either, to be honest. I love the depth of the Astros rotation and the depth of the lineup too. Probably Bregman's last year in Houston. I think the Astros are going to do their best to take one last good run at this thing. And the offensive driver there, it's a short number at 9-1, to one, but it's Jordan Alvarez. This is a guy who could hit 335 home runs. Like, So mm-hmm. I end up arriving at the same spot. We're at the same destination, Joe. We just took a few different turns to get there. Mine is the Astros, I think, are going to be the best team in the toughest division in baseball. And Jordan oh. Alvarez is going to be the best player on that team. So I like him at 9-1. to one. 
I, even though we like the same player, I don't think you have to win the division. If you look at winners for this, Otani, no. Judge, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, Otani, the other time, no. Brayu in the COVID year, no. Trout, no, because he's on the Angels and they never win anything. So I, <laughs> I get the, the premise that because it's the best division in baseball, but then there was that change this past year in that division. And did that matter to the awards? I just think we're at a point where it's so numbers driven. It's going to be about the war. It's going to be about, you know, all the other yeah. various stats. If you're a leader in a bunch of them and, and that side, it's going to be clear which guy is going to be the MVP. But uh, yeah, we end up, we both end up with Alvarez hunting for a little bit of value. I wish Soto was not a favorite or second favorite, whatever he is. I think he's going to be awesome. Like if you're saying, yeah. let's just forget the odds. We're not betting. Let's make a prediction. And I get a, the first pick. I would take Soto to win the AL MVP. What about Adley Rushman? Did anyone consider him? It's so hard for a catcher to win it. Yeah, I think his <sighs> war is so high because of defense. So yeah. I don't mm -hmm. think so. I, I I think the thing with Soto for me is is you know, there's great boomer bust potential, I think. Like, mm -hmm. I think there's a world where Soto has, like, one of the greatest seasons in Yankee history, which is saying a lot. Like, just is is hitting home run after home run into the short porch. Um, the Yankees, maybe, maybe they do win the division. And everybody's just throwing rose petals at his feet all summer. That's a possibility. But I think it's just as likely, if not more likely that he's just a part, he's another piece in the puzzle, another cog in the machine alongside Judge, alongside Cole. So I, I can't get on board with him. You know, he's not the engine that drives the Yankees this year. He's a very important piece. You know, he's the steering mm -hmm. wheel maybe. But uh, to use a stupid car analogy, I know nothing about cars, by the way, as you can tell. Me neither. Um, engine, <laughs> wheel, steering wheel, four tires. I, yeah, what else do you need? Change the oil every 3,000 miles. Um Soto Soto is not I, I can't especially with the short number I can't get on board with him Aaron yeah I can't either and I can't with Aaron Judge like there I wasn't looking anywhere with the Yankees I think the one thing that I, I really did consider was Corey Seager it's just the health um but I wouldn't be surprised. The number's just a little short when, you know, you are worrying about is he going to miss games and maybe not be in the conversation. But even last year, he missed games and was still playing phenomenal. His stats were still there. So. Here, here's my honest approach. And, you know, we've got a month to go before the season starts and we're going to be doing a lot of this preseason stuff, awards and all that. My honest approach is I'm probably not going to bet this award and I'm going to preseason but i'm going to bet it in season yeah. we've seen players go to new york and then struggle out of the gates soto is a guy that i've had terrific numbers mid-season hasn't pulled through for me yet but like there have been many times that we can go over the history of these awards more so in the national league where in season you get an incredible amount of value i want to say when harper won it a few years ago he was like 50 to 1 with a couple months left you can win this late and you can follow some guys and struggling and with when you have a lot of baseball to go like you could still get there so if i see soto at a good number at some point this year maybe a couple months in oh you better believe i'll be betting on that selling a little or a lot 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Jake, give us the uh, the Orioles uh viewpoint on this the perspective and it doesn't honestly have to be just who's this guy yeah kyle tucker for the fifth straight year no i not at 15 to (laughs) 1 i would love to with kyle tucker but at 15 to 1 like he's never broken out yet it's not gonna be into the orioles because the credit could go any which way Mm. i'm not gonna lie jackson holiday at 200 to 1 was a little intriguing because we've we saw if he's gonna be like trout-esque that maybe would be something, but there's too much credit to be divvied out with the Orioles between Gunner and Adley and Corbin Burns now. It's just too many different ways to slice that pie. Mm-hmm. I think two guys that I w- I'm with Joe. Like I'm probably not going to bet this award preseason just because I don't really love any of the numbers right now. But there's a couple guys in the 20 to 1 range that do stand out that have been in the voting the last couple of years. First one's Bo Bichette 
He's been in the top 12 of MVP voting each of the last three years. He's led the league in hits twice. He's hit 30 home runs before. I don't think Vladdy's the guy. I think Bo would be the guy. If you like the Blue Jays, that's the way to go with it. Also, premium defensive position. I know that defense doesn't matter that much, but if you're going to add a couple extra wins on your war number from playing a premium position, I think that makes sense. And the other one, I'm high on the Royals. I think they could win that division. Bobby Witt is a 30-30 player. He could be a 35-35 player. Again, a premium position. Could hit over 300. If the Royals are going to be anything, it's probably going to be because of him. Would get a lot of credit for that. He's at 20-1 to right now. So, Bo's at 25. Bobby Witt's at 20. Those are the two guys I would look at. But I'm going to take the same approach as Joe. I'm going to wait a couple weeks and see if any of these numbers slip. If Kyle Tucker slips. If Soto slips. And see where these numbers end up after a couple weeks. Because right now there's nothing where I'm like, I need this number now because it's going to go away. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let let me ask you about the Astros because you're throwing out a bunch of Astros names. That's what's interesting. Texas. Baltimore. Houston, y'all have so many guys that could come out of the pack mm-hmm. and could win it um, off that team. Are we just at a point right now where, you know, he'll be around. He might be top ten, but he's but Bregman's just not going to win it. Yeah, yeah. I, okay. I think it's, I think, and I think that's a couple things with him. A, he's not very likable, and that matters for <laughs> baseball voters because they're yeah. just yeah. like that. And B, Dumb. he's like the second most complicit guy in the cheating scandal behind El Tuve. Like, he was one of the biggest names. I don't think people forget that, and they don't want to vote for him. So I think if you're going to pick an Astro, it has to be Jordan Alvarez or Kyle Tucker, but I hate these numbers for both of them. Bregman's 80 to 1. That's the only reason I bring it up. Yep. No, I looked yeah. at it. it. The Bobby Whitlock. Another guy in that range. Solid. I like that. Yeah. Jake, I feel like you love Randy Arozarena. Any consideration there? I Yeah, he does. I do love Randy, but it's just I, I did it last year at a huge number. But with him, it just feels like he's always gonna miss a month or two. And then every time he comes back, it's never the same. Like he's way closer to average. He loses that bat. And with the Rays. This, it's kind of the same thing with the Orioles. Like, if they're going to do this, it's going to get sliced up a bunch of different ways. Like, Isaac Paredes was great. Junior Caminaro would, will be in the running for Rookie of the Year. Like, they have too many other ways. And if Yandy Diaz does this again, he's going to get a lot of that credit, too. I do love Randy, and he's a 30-30 guy, 35-35 guy even. But he always gets hurt for a month, and every time he comes back from that injury, he's never the same. Yeah, there's another 30-30 guy like on the NL side. We'll talk about that in the third hour when we dive into that market. Also in the third and final hour before Lightning Bets, Harrison Sanford to talk NBA from Stadium and MSG. We dive back into the combine and the NFL offseason with Ben Brown of Sumer Sports and Pinnacle less than an hour from now, about 45 minutes from now. But coming up next, speaking of the combine, there have been some amazing workout warriors who totally flamed out and were giant busts. We power rank our favorites or least favorite. We'll figure it out. Back you all daily. Next. Live coast to coast on the BetQL network. It's BetQL daily presented by BetMGM. In 40 minutes, we talked to Ben Brown of Sumer Sports and Pinnacle. Some of his takes from not just what we're seeing at the Combine in Indy, but the NFL offseason as a whole. Harrison Sanford in the third and final hour to talk NBA.
from Stadium and MSG and the Inside the Green Room podcast with Danny Green. We'll get into the National League side of the MVP discussion as well. If you just missed AL MVP, you can always download everything as a podcast later, wherever you get your podcast, just search BetQL Daily. You can watch the show as well on Twitch, twitch.tv slash BetQL. Uh, we'll power rank some of our favorite workout warriors in the history of the scouting combine since it's up and running in just a minute. Uh, but speaking of people who have not lived up to expectations, Karen, Amy, uh, what's the what's the uh, relationship like now? Is it Frosty, Aaron, your neighbor who whose friend had the dog and they yelled at you because you weren't trying to corral their dog while your toddlers? What, what's going on in the neighborhood? Have things been smoothed out? No, I think I've been put on ice. Nothing. Wow. No oh. reconciliation. No apology. There will be an update because she essentially lives across the street. So we're either going to run into each other. Or there's going to be a lot of dirty looks exchanged or there's going to be a conversation at some point. But I was feeling kind of bad about it yesterday. So I texted my other neighbor and I'm like, I may have gotten in a fight with one of our neighbors. And she goes, oh, wow. Did she know which one happened? Oh, yeah, okay. she goes, that lady's always outside yelling at her kids and everyone she, else's kids. And I was like, exactly. But the thing is, like, I told my other neighbor, Julie, I'm like, I don't have a problem if she wants to, like, yell at her kids and, like, that's her style. That's none of my business. But don't yell at me and tell me what I need to be doing. Like, that's where I'm going to be like, um, yeah, I, I, I was like, I'm not the one. I am not the one. <laughs> you just snap your I will put you. <laughs> yes. I will put you in your place. I was imagining. I was imagining. Yeah, a Aaron doing the Zorro thing, snapping her fingers yeah. as she was saying that. That's fine. Snapping her gone. Yeah, this lady's uh, like four I eight. I will destroy her. <laughs> let's <laughs> go. Now we're putting. Let's get some odds. Aaron just yeah. said, gotta, <laughs> "Hey, football's over." Let's make some odds on this. Can you get us dimensions? Can you take when she's outside with the dog? Can you snap a photo so we can kind of? Yeah, we got to be able to handicap. Like, what's side. her reach? Yeah. What's her? Yeah, exactly. What's her forty time <laughs> running away I, from you? <laughs> I wouldn't be concerned. She looks like the most unathletic Ooh. person, so I, I think I'm good. See, we've got so smack talk is... already. This is great. Floyd Mayweather in boxing. At one yeah. point, she's like, yeah, my son wants to go to LSU. I'm like, for what? Like, he's not playing football there. Like, you're delusional. <laughs> Wait, did you say this? <laughs> no, I thought it. Like, thought. yeah, that's, that's a that's a cool dream, but it's not going to happen. Cool, cool story, See, bro. <laughs> we, are, we are seeing the turn. Every time yeah. this woman has annoyed Aaron, now it's coming out. <laughs> This is this wait. is the Hawks heel turn right here. It's happening right, right before our so eyes. So good. Give her the mic. Yeah, it's like the rock right here. This is phenomenal. <laughs> I love it. All right. Speaking of trying to get uh, a, a gauge on what someone's athletic abilities may be or not be, um, we decided to power rank our favorite workout warriors from the combine over the years. It could be someone who may be wildly – drove their draft stock up and actually paid off on it. It could be somebody who was absolutely terrible uh, because they gamed the system and made the combine work for them anywhere in between just kind of reacting to some of the big stories from the combine over the years and where they went from there. We, we each power ranked three of our favorites from over the years. Aaron, let's start with you. All right. 
I had a tough time narrowing this down to three. At first, I didn't think I would have three, and now I have too many. The first one, this is just a bonus one. First guy that came to mind, probably because of recent memory, it's Jalen Hurts and the fact that he can just squat like 600 pounds. And then I got to thinking, he kind of fell off a little bit last season. Like, will this guy pan out? Who is he? We know he's a workout warrior. But what exactly is that going to mean for his career? At number two, I love this guy, Trent Williams. This dude might be the most athletic guy at his size. He can do it all. He probably, he's probably one of those NFL players, like after he stops playing, I wouldn't be surprised if he's like skinny, you know, when we see that happen because he is so athletic. I've heard he's a really good basketball player. He's a boxer. He can do it all. And this is one where it's not a bus. Like this guy lived up to the expectations. He had a, he, he's so fast. You look at his combine, like his 40 time, everything he can, he's great in the weight room. He's fast and he's living up to expectations on the field. All right. This one I'm torn, uh, who I should put at number one. Hmm. Cause I have Bo Jackson here. But obviously, <laughs> that was back in 1982. I was like one years old. But he, super athletic. Obviously, his career ended because of a devastating injury, not really because he was a bust, per se. Um, but I put Bo Jackson on there because everyone knows. Bo knows, right? Bo knows. Yeah. This, one, this one is the ultimate bust. <laughs> you guys probably have it on your list. Tim Tebow. I mean, the guy, all the hype around him coming in. It, we all know his college career. And then, yeah, we saw enough at the NFL level. It really didn't pan out for Tim Tebow. So no. I had to put him at number one. Okay. Um, so that's – and Tebow came in, I think, a lot of the college work did the did the heavy lifting for him, right? And I don't know if – he had a good combine from what I remember – I don't think if it was all about the combine that got him drafted where he was and all that, but yeah, that's, that's a fair, uh, fair use of the number one spot for a bust at the NFL level. So I want to, I thought of, at first I just wanted to go all Raiders because you Al Davis yeah. over the years, you could have gone all Raiders, like guys that Al Davis was high on just because they ran a great 40, either corners or wide receivers. We could have lumped Jamarcus Russell in there as well. Um, although a lot of the heavy lifting for him was done at LSU as well. Wasn't necessarily just the workout. Uh, A couple of honorable mentions. Matt Jones um, sank a couple years of Jacksonville Jaguars drafts with one pick. Uh, Fabian Washington, there you go. Obligatory Oakland Raider mention. Never really lived up to the hype. Was a 40-yard dash guy who Al Davis wanted to have. Honorable mentions there. At number three, I mean, this is what – when you ask somebody from Philly in particular about a guy mm-hmm. who was huge at the Combine and never lived up to the reputation that they they thought he would, it's Mike Mamula, right? Like, this guy went out and worked out specifically for the Combine, did all the Combine uh, exercises to get better at them. Now, he was good at Boston College. He wasn't great, and he was good at the NFL level. You know, 31 and a half sacks in 77 games. But the problem was he wasn't Reggie White, who he was drafted to replace, who'd left a couple years earlier for Green Bay. And he wasn't who the Bucks got with the picks 
that uh, Philly traded to Tampa to move up to get Mamola. Oh, Warren Sapp and Derek Brooks. <laughs> so <laughs> d- despite the phenomenal uh, combine stats, he never really lo- lived up to the seventh overall pick. So I ranked him number three. Number two, another bust, another guy drafted seventh overall and staying with the Raiders theme, ran a 4-3-40 at the combine, Darius Hayward Bay. 11 touchdowns in four seasons with the Raiders. I'll give him this. He had a great second act as a special teams guy here in Pittsburgh for a couple of years. And he was super nice. Did he really? Never. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Mike yeah. Tomlin was in love with him as a special teams guy. They kept him around as a fifth receiver just because he would run down and cover punts uh, and kicks, but never lived up to the seventh overall pick. And number one, nothing beats scouting combine busts like Vernon Golston, taken sixth overall by the New York Jets after a 4 6 7 40, 37 bench reps, and a 35 and a half inch vertical. He started just five games for the Jets in three years. And you know how many sacks he had, guys? As many as I had in the NFL. None. Vernon Golston, your number one overall workout warrior who, hey, he got paid and then flamed out. So I had him number one, Joe. I love it. Uh, Mike Mamula, for some reason, he's the poster child of combine bust. It's even though he had a kind- somewhat decent career, right? I mean, he played in the NFL for like eight seasons, I think. Yeah, but yeah, after that combine, the, he, the the hype around him it was just so high. Like he changed the game, and teams got smarter after Mike Mamula just because he was overdrafted by so much. Not the biggest combine bust, as you mentioned, but but just because of what happened there. Uh, agree with all. I had all these names that you said: Darius Hayward Bay. Uh, Jamarcus Russell, all these mm-hmm. former Raiders, Matt Jones. The guy was a quarterback, and because of his combine performance, he was drafted to be a tight end. That is what people were saying about Tebow. Like, maybe he could be a tight end. That's what they tried to do with mm-hmm. Matt Jones. did not work. All right, here are my few. I'm going to throw one that uh, most people will not remember, but I just – one of those things that sticks in your head um, – there's this guy drafted by the Bears. His name is Jerron Gilbert. And he was a third-round pick, but that year, because of the Cutler trade, he was the Bears' first pick. So that got a lot of play. Everyone in Chicago, 100% convinced at the time, and then it, it, I think it is accurate, believe that he was their first pick because he put out a YouTube video of him jumping out of a shallow pool and onto the side like look at that leg strength look at that powerful base i think that's exactly what happened that that's why he was drafted so high jerron gilbert i'll mention him as number three number two a name that has not been mentioned yet uh four two two forty john ross did nothing in the nfl yeah wide out for the Bengals. People see the, oh, you're 0.1 faster than what is supposed to be really fast, and you're you're a complete bust. Um, another guy, kind of a poster child of this, found out later, Royds. Hey, let's talk about a Packers bust all-timer, Tony oh, Mandarich, yeah. going back to our childhood, Chris. Yeah, way back to the <laughs> he, Oh, man, he was a total bust. Had a great college career, yeah. and then a huge combine, and yeah, was juiced to the gills. 
Uh, <laughs> ask Ben Brown what he thinks about the NFL offseason in 25 minutes. But coming up next, more combine, more mock drafts, and focusing on the guys that will work out tomorrow, defensive backs and tight ends, where they may fall in the first round here on BetQL Daily. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.